Ride through the city like Brennan Shaw. I'm on a mission to get it all. Ride through the city like Brennan Shaw. If you ain't thick, please don't get involved. And now, Brendan Thick Boy Shaw. What is up, fam? It is March 13th. It's B Day week. Casey's B Day, too, man. Coming up, a couple Pisces bros and Mr. Theo Vaughn's. A lot of Pisces going down. It's March 13th. It is, we're in daylight, what do they call daylight savings? So we're springing forward. It always messes you up. Really, it messes up the kids more than anything. The grown adults, it's like, what's an hour? What's an hour, man? Whatever. Uh, fresh off the boat from Oklahoma City. Shout out to OKC and the um, Bricktown Comedy Club. Uh, coming up next for me is Tacoma. That is next Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Tacoma, Washington, right outside Seattle. I'm in Atlanta, Spokane, uh, La Jolla, and then the Europe tour. The presale is over, so now just go get your regular tickets. Belfast, June 15th, Glasgow, June 17th, Manchester, June 18th, London, June 22nd, Cardiff, June 23rd, Dublin, June 25th. Get you some. Let's get right on into it, man. You have UFC 286 coming up this truck in Saturday. Nice little time, too, for the parents. Uh, it could be good or bad because usually you can put the kids to bed and then just enjoy the fights in silence, or you can just have them run around and you can't pay attention to the fights because this is at 2 p.m. Pacific time, which is prime time for London. So I'd rather be prime time for London, especially when you have a car to this magnitude. It's the O2 Arena in London out there. Uh, and it is a b -b 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 banger. Now, it is missing a few key people when you think of a London card. You're missing uh, Patty Pimlet. He's having surgery. Uh, Meatball's not on there. Uh, Tom Aspinall, who I think is, uh, besides Patty, the biggest kind of, um, I, I don't know if you call him a prospect at this point. He's ranked so high, but he's he's the one kind of London uh, Europe mainstay that's not on the card due to injury too, coming off uh, that leg injury against uh, Curtis Blades. So they're missing a little bit of star power on this thing, but it's still pretty loaded, and you have some up-and-comers who are filthy. Uh, I'll actually start breaking down this card with uh, the one to watch would be on the early prelims on ESPN Plus or UFC Fight Pass, and this this Christian Leroy Duncan. If you haven't seen this gentleman fight, he is Mr. Highlight. I know Justin Gaethje, who's also the co-mate of on this, is nicknamed the Highlight. This Christian uh, Duncan is a highlight to say the least. If you've never heard of this kid, go look up his fights right now. He's throwing spinning wheel kicks. He'll kick your freaking face off. He's 7-0. He is, uh, has superstar written all over him. He is a complete savage. Look, winning. Look at his record. So that's 6-0, right? Um, so this is Cage Wars and Cage Wars. I don't know if you've heard of Cage Wars for your American fans, but uh, a few guys have come out of there. I'll just take a stab at it. Uh, you have, um, oh, I don't know, Conor McGregor, Michael Bisbing, Tom Aspinall, um, Patty Pimlet as the most recent big name to come out of there. This gentleman comes out of there, and this Christian Duncan is a savage. So this is some of his wins in Cage Wars. Uh, spinning elbow in round one. Flying knees uh, around three forty seconds. Um, so he does some fun stuff. So he has three. So flying knees, spinning elbow, spinning elbow uh, knockouts. He's a fun one to watch. So that'd be on the prelims. One to kind of if you want to make some money on it. That wouldn't be a bad uh, deal there. 
Joanne, uh, yeah, Joanne Woods fighting. Jay Herbert's fighting. So you got some guys, man. Malcolm uh, Gordon, they always toss him to the just the next savage coming up against Jake Hadley. Jake Hadley is a monster as well. These are those young kind of up and coming, not so much with Jay Herbert, and he's training partners with Leon Edwards, but for the rest of them, they're the new crop coming out of uh, that side of the pond. So they're, they're, the UFC is smart about this. You also got a good prelim fight um, that kicks off the main prelim card in Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Mo. I call Muhammad Mo. This is a kid who's he's undefeated. His last fight, he, you know, it was going a little tough for him. Uh, he's an absolute nightmare to deal with. Malcolm Gorn, shout out to Malcolm Gorn for taking on all these up and coming savages. But Malcolm Gorn gave him all he could handle. He ended up pulling the fight out in the third round. Uh, with, I mean, didn't have much time to go in the third round either. He was losing that fight. Um, you know, he won it submission armbar. He talks about he wants to fight for a title, especially that division. Hey, man. We got to pump the brakes a little bit. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so you got to just pull the brakes just a tad. Just, he has a lot of work to do. He has superstar and champion written all over him. But God, just slow down, dude. Slow down. Slow down. But he's going to be a champ one of these days at flyweight. But he's just not there to compete with those top five guys. But he thinks he is. But he needs to have his team around him. Let him know, like, let's let's take it slower. You know, you're not going to get a title shot beating uh, Rafael Fijo. You know what I'm saying? So just chill. But he has all the makings of a world champion. And then one of my favorites, um, my absolute favorites, Jack Shore, is fighting. And it, uh, he decided to go up in uh, a weight class. He's at featherweight now. I think he's exactly where he belongs. He's been killing himself uh, uh, trying to make that weight. So now he's can kind of not crush his body and fight at featherweight i think he's gonna do the damn thing so shout out to our boy jack shore uh he's my lock pick of the fucking card i think jack shore gets it done now when you get to the main card you got marvin vittori this is this main card's fun you got marvin vittori roman uh vittori you know he he's coming off a loss to robert whitaker that would be the best version of robert whitaker we've ever seen um you know but nothing to hang your head on that um, you know, before that, I beat Paulo Costa. He had the fight with Izzy. Before that, he was on a fucking straight up tear. You know, Kevin Holland, Jack Hermanson, uh, Carl Robertson. So the kid has it all. We, you know, we love uh, Marvin Vittori around here. If you haven't seen the food truck, he's on there. One of my favorite guys to be on there. Just a good dude. He's just a sponge, constantly getting better. It's a great fight for Marvin Vittori. Um, I'm taking Vittori in this one. Jeffrey Maya, Casey O'Neill. Good fight, you know. Uh, Wood, I think you could put uh, Joanne Wood on there too if you wanted to have a, a female fight on there. But they decided to go with Jeffrey Maya and Casey O'Neill for that reason. Uh, welterweight Gunnar Nelson, who is always a staple on the London cards. Uh, this is a battle. It's a, really a clash of styles. It's should be. Uh, I'm sure Gunnar's favorite in this gen. Gunnar Nelson, Brian Barberina. You have a straight up grappler versus straight up brawler. Um, Gunnar Nelson's minus 425, for God's sakes. You know? So um, this is just, can Gunnar Nelson not get clipped coming in because Brian Barberina throws them barbarian bombs. So uh, you hope Gunnar Nelson gets back on track. He's the guy who, he goes on a streak, if you go go on his record chin, mm -hmm. he's the guy who goes on a streak then loses the big one to get him to that next level. Um it's been an up-and-down kind of career for him. He started off 13-0, then he lost to Rick Story, uh, beat Brandon Thatch, lost to Damian Maya. 
Um, then he beat some good guys, lost to Ponsonibio, then beat uh, the Brazilian uh, Alex Oliveira, the cowboy there. He lost to Leon Edwards via split decision. The kid's fucking talented, man. They lost to Gilbert Burns' decision. So he's losing the top spare guys, you know, but he's never had that breakout fight. He just hasn't. Um, he, he's up and down. So he's two and two out of his last four, you know. That's kind of him in a nutshell. I don't think he'll ever be your champ, uh, but he has the capabilities to beat anybody on any given night. He just hasn't got over that hump yet, but he's one of my faves, man. But for Brian Barberina, his caution and win. You're going to get taken down. You got to clip him before he gets taken down, you know? And for Brian Barberina, you know, they gave him the freaking Legends tour there with Matt Brown, Robbie Lawler, and Dos Anjos. Ended up, you know, losing Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos kind of gave it to him. But before that, this dude has four or five of the nights. So either way, he makes it fun. The only chance Barberina has in this fight is landing something as Gunnar Nelson's going in for a takedown. Um, there's a reason why Gunnar Nelson's such a heavy favorite. And then Coleman at main event, take all my money. Justin the highlight Gaethje, which I think the highlight's Christian Duncan, but Justin the highlight Gaethje for a variety of reasons is your highlight. Uh, you know, he's a Denver kid. Wrestling credentials, University of Northern Colorado, was All-American. That does not matter. He doesn't use his wrestling. He refuses to use his wrestling. You would think out of any fight, um, he would use his wrestling against Michael Chandler when they're just brawling. Um, you know, he lost to Charles Oliveira, uh, beat Michael Chandler, obviously lost to Khabib. Um, the Tony Ferguson fight, I think, changed the DNA of Tony Ferguson. Uh, before that, he beat Donald Cerrone, Edson Barboza, James Vick, lost to Poirier, lost to Eddie Alvarez. So you would say, if you look at Justin Gaethje's record, go up for me, Chin. Mm -hmm. His best win is probably Michael Chandler. And that was fight of the year. He's had some great fight of the years. Uh, you know, that Tony Ferguson fight, tough to watch. Uh, Cerrone, older Cerrone. Um, Edson Barboza, you know, had some miles on him. James Vick, that was a brutal knockout. Then he lost to Dustin Poirier, he lost to Eddie Alvarez. So his best win is, you know, as storied of a career as he has and exciting as he is, his most exciting fight is Michael Chandler, which was a phenomenal fucking fight. Let's take a little break from chatting about fisticuffs. Uh, Tacoma, Washington, see you this, or I'm sorry, next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Tacoma, Washington, March 23rd through 25th. Take that thickboy.com. Get you some. This episode of The Shop Show is brought to you by my friends at BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. I still don't know who I am, especially because we're always growing and changing. You just you grow up. You're into different things. Maybe you have kids, different relationships. You're constantly changing. Nobody stays the same. If you stay the same, you're dying. You don't want that. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do to certain things until we talk through it. You see, there's a lot of trauma in your past that helps you make these crazy decisions. My friends at BetterHelp connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. They got you covered, man. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, all right? Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B, today to get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp.com slash shop. Better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B, BetterHelp. Last ad read, then we get back to the episode. Listen, if you guys watch any show I do, I only recommend products I actually use. And this is one I personally use quite a bit, to be honest. Any show you see me do, whether it's podcast, stand-up, 
whatever it is, stand up around LA. I'm on that happy hippo kratom. This stuff helps me tackle my busy schedule. It helps me get stuff done. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but when I'm lasered focused in, I'm not thinking about, I'm just getting the job done and I feel good about it. All right. It's not just some sort of energy drink though, that you take just to get instant energy. It gives you this nice balanced, good mood feeling. So you're not as chippy all the time. I love kratom, but you can't just trust anybody. Trust my friends at happy hippo. I use this bad boy. This is the sour apple uh high highly concentrated kratom shot use this or their butterscotch they have pill form gummies powders and these uh shots are my favorite the happy hippo with that cute little pink hippo on there so if you want kratom can actually trust it's the best in the business it's my limitless formula go do my hidden gem of all kratoms that's happyhippo.com promo code is thick three c's t-h-i-c-c-c 23 for 20% off for life you can use that code as many times you want share it with your friends family whoever get the best kratom on the planet earth we're talking about happy hippo happyhippo.com promo code thick 23 now let's get back to the program you know this is a fight where fazeev is better in every aspect when it comes to striking he doesn't have as much power as justin gaethje um you know we know justin gaethje has a granite chin as well we've he's proven it um this is more you know when, when you when you break down gaethje and fazeev fazeev's more technical um this fight's gonna be on its feet because gaethje refuses to wrestle here's the thing you know gaethje and Usman are training partners. They trained with Trevor Whitman in high altitude in Colorado. Now, if you look at their both their matchups, you would assume they're going to camp and they're going to use a lot of wrestling, especially Usman, right? A ton of wrestling. But if, for whatever reason, if Gaethje was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to what some of the experts are saying. I'm not saying me. I'm not an expert. But for some of those experts out there saying, man, I don't know why he doesn't wrestle more. He can wrestle. Should have shot a blast double against Michael Chandler when they're brawling. Certain times he should be using his wrestling. Um, Fazeev's not exactly a walk in the park to take down, no matter what your wrestling credentials are. I think his takedown defense is something over 90%. So you have your work cut out for you there. And that's if... The game plan that Trevor Whitman put together is to take Fazeev down, which it's not going to be easy, and that's not his M.O. I don't think we see that. I think we see a, a straight-up Muay Thai match, well, a Muay Thai match versus a, a guy who hits like a fucking Mack truck. So Gaethje's always been a guy who will eat three of yours, land one of his. It's no different here. The problem is Fazeev is a straight-up fucking technician with great footwork, great cardio. I think for Gaethje... And Fazeev, they should both be thankful that it's not five rounds. I wish it was five rounds. This fight has the potential, if it were five rounds, to change the DNA of Justin Gaethje's career and his life for the rest of his life. I think this could be one of those fights, how Justin Gaethje did Tony Ferguson, where they're just too tough for their own good. And when you're facing a guy who's more technical, quicker, he's just younger, he doesn't have as many miles on him as uh, his opponent, they fuck you up and they change your dynamics, your career for the rest of your life. If it was five rounds, I think Justin Gagey could be in some trouble. Three rounds, I think he has the the toughness to get through it. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Gagey won. Never surprised if Gagey wins. It's just a very tough technical fight for him. You're talking about a guy in Fazeev who's more technical, quicker, not as uh, many fight miles, even though they're similar in age. Gagey's wrestling and the, the way his fighting style, you know, it catches up with you fast. So. By all accounts, this is not a great fight for Justin Gaethje. Exciting fight. 
battle of the nose jobs. Let's see whose nose is going to hold up. Um, I would assume both their noses get broken in this fight. Fazeev's a minus 225 for a reason. Style-wise, it's a very tough fight for Justin Gaethje, but it's fucking Justin Gaethje. So even though Justin, I think he's going to come out and be down on the scorecards uh, in the first, second round because of the movement and technical style of Fazeev. And then the third round, that's where um, – you know, Justin Gaethje wants to drag you into those deep rounds and get you, uh, you know, shooting from the hip because he'll play that game with you in a phone booth. Problem is that game you're playing with a guy who's hits really hard in Fazeev, also has great hooks, also is more versed in Muay Thai, also uses knees and elbows. So it could get dicey for Justin Gaethje. He's too tough for his own good. This is not a great matchup for Justin Gaethje. But again, wouldn't it be surprised if Justin Gaethje just sticks around like the goddamn Northern Colorado Terminator into that third round and lands some huge fucking hook and rocks uh, Fazeev and finishes him off. Wouldn't bet on it, wouldn't put my money on it, but I could definitely see that happening. In the main event, hell of a main event, finally it's here. Leon Edwards, Kamar Usman. Ooh, this is the third time they fought, right? If you look at their fights, you look at the span of how many rounds those guys have shared the octagon, Kamal Usman has won the majority of those fights. And the last one where Usman gets knocked out with literally 50 seconds left in the fifth round, Usman, you I would give Edwards the first round, and then I'll, clearly you'd give uh, uh, Edwards the fifth round. Um, but other than that, rounds two, three, and four, Usman is – kind of beating the brakes off him it was a very competitive fight uh edward said it was matt he just didn't feel like being in there didn't have the energy for whatever reason he's still able to pull it off with that insane ko head kick uh, you know it's not a lucky thing when you throw that that kind of jab to the high kick so many times in training and he did it in uh the warm-up room before they went out that's not luck. That's not a lucky thing. I think this is more of Kamar Usman taking his eye off the prize and just getting caught with the perfect fucking technique from Leon Edwards, who's thrown that technique 10,000 times. He's a black belt. He's a master in that technique, and it paid off. Um, so I don't believe in luck with these things. Luck would be throwing a huge right hand and catching the guy, you know, even then it's dicey because guys throw right hands. But uh, for Leon Edwards, I would assume this gives him some sort of confidence landing that kick and knowing that that kick is there when he needs it. Um, so for Kamar Usman, I do have a question about Kamar Usman going to this fight. You know, he he's definitely overall the better mixed martial artist than Leon Edwards. Uh, they're one and one, right? When one is a devastating head kick knockout to become the world champion, which is insane. Leon Edwards has more hype around him now. He's finally a fan favorite. I wouldn't say his profile has gone up since he became world champion. We don't really hear from him. You don't see him anywhere. Yeah. You want Rogan, you know, but you don't see him all over the media doing all this stuff. I don't know if he's on social media, really. It's not really his thing. I kind of enjoy that. I like the guys that just do work and don't talk the talk. Um, but that being said, again, I still, Kamaru's still a bigger star overall, especially in the UFC eyes. But again, my, my question isn't with Leon. I think Leon, we're going to get the best version of him, which is going to be tough for Kamaru to beat. I think he has confidence in, in himself. I think he knows he can win, even if he's not feeling 100%, which in the last fight he said he wasn't. I think mentally he knows that even if he's not firing all cylinders, he can still have the talent to pull it out and beat a guy in Kamar Usman who's regarded as the greatest welterweight of all time. So for Kamar Usman, my question is not with Leon. I think it, we're going to get a very, very tough version of Leon Edwards for Kamar Usman. My question is going into this fight for Kamar Usman is, remember, he's coming off uh, an injury. He's coming off a long layoff. 
and his knees are so bad his knees are so bad he can't really do condition cardio he's not been able to navigate that at some point though it's going to catch up with him it has to so i'm just curious how many more fights usman has left i would say one or two max i wouldn't be surprised if he retires after this fight so um I think it might, it, it's tough to pick Kamaru Usman. It's tough to pick against him, I should say, in this fight because as many rounds as these gentlemen have shared, Kamaru Usman's won the majority of those rounds. That being said, you know, last time they fought, Kamaru was sailing into a decision victory and they got KO'd, uh, kicked in the head. Can Leon do that again? Yes, later in the rounds, probably not. I think Kamaru's learned his lesson there. But early on in the confidence of Leon, uh, is he going to be a little more aggressive? What version of Kamaru are we going to get? He's coming off an injury. He's coming off a layoff. Um, there's just some questions, not on Leon's side, more on Kamaru's side. And I think Kamaru, either way, win or lose, could retire after this fight. So I don't think he has much left in the tank. How many miles have put on him throughout the years of wrestling, his knees, you know, he's one of the greatest welterweights to ever do it. I don't know how much he has left to prove either, except for just his own, you know, pride and ego. He needs this win, and then he can ride for the sunset, right? It's over because this is the, the deciding factor. The third one, we don't need a fourth one no matter what happens. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious with Kamaro, and you never want to, you know, question a guy of his stature and especially the greatest welterweight of all time, but – what's that body do son what's that body look like after this layoff and you're fighting a leon edwards a lot more confidence and he's coming off with ko so i don't think this fight's as favored for kamara as people think i do think it's gonna be a tough night in the office i do think they're gonna learn from that first fight but what can you really take away from it you're dominating the fight for the majority of the rounds you know definitely three out of four then he got caught you know he got caught it wasn't lucky it was pure skill and technique by leon edwards but he has the capability to knock you out in the fifth round so i don't know if for leon it's just is that version showing up saturday night i should say saturday afternoon for uh the american folks DraftKings thinks so but they don't know do they nobody knows so it's going to be interesting to see what version of Kamaru we get. But there's this turning of the tide, too. You know, Kamaru is long in the tooth. Justin Gaethje's long in the tooth. Vazeev's on the come up. Leon Edwards is already champ. But, you know, it, it could be a really tough night uh, in the office for Trevor Whitman, being the head coach of Kamaru Usman and Justin Gaethje. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm excited. But I definitely have some questions going this fight. What version of Kamaru is coming into the octagon? in london at 2 p.m pacific time for the americans and then also not only what version but how much longer can he do it when we find out you know his his knees are bad he's not doing any press he's doing zero press he's not doing any interviews leading up this fight the last time i saw someone do that her name was ronda rousey and it means something's going on now for Kamaro, who's this massive star, he's in Black Panther 2. Did they still put him in there after he lost? Yeah, they did. <laughs> Thank God. Good for you. So um, it could just be a focus thing because when you're that big and famous, people are pulling in all these directions and he just wants to get down to business. But it does worry me because Kamaro is a guy who's not shy of any camera or mic. When I hear them go radio silent because they want to focus on the fights, maybe I'm just sensitive to it because of Ronda Rousey, but she's the last one to do that. And I, I don't like that. You know, I don't, especially for a guy who 
you know enjoys the spotlight enjoys talking about the fights builds up the fights you're responsible to sell this card and to shut it all down a little bit of a red flag for me could be completely off maybe he's focusing and he's just gonna absolutely fucking mollywop leon edwards who knows i don't my my question with putting money on this fight is i don't know what version of kamara is showing up i know we're getting the best leon edwards we've ever seen i will guarantee that with his confidence finally he's getting his recognition and as a fan of leon edwards you got to appreciate this he's one of those guys that just never got his recognition he's kind of the the dariush you know of the welterweight where you're just like who's he got to beat man the Bilal muhammad's finally fans are like all right i don't even like this guy but jesus christ man let's give him a goddamn title here let's give him a title shot so for leon he's finally getting his due and i don't think he's gonna you know squander that and i think he has confidence i think his skill sets there he's been in there how many fucking rounds with kamara usman the question lies with kamara usman what version are we gonna get and i don't think he has many left either one to two max wouldn't be surprised if he retires after this fight I have huge question marks for Kamara Usman. That's why I would probably lean towards Leon Edwards win this fight, which I think is completely against the odds makers, the other experts out there. Again, not referring to myself as an expert. The other MMA analysts out there or MMA entertainers out there. I'm not sure how many pick in Leon Edwards, but Leon Edwards in his backyard. But again, if you can bet on Leon, which I kind of leaning towards, you're, you're betting against guy Kamara Usman is the greatest to ever do it. His pride, his legacies on the line, that's asking a lot for Leon Edwards to beat Kamar Usman. And especially if Kamar knows something we don't know where he's, this is the last one, you're going to get one f- hell of a version of Kamar Usman. But man, tough test. Tough, tough test. So I'm excited for this card, man. But it could be a long night in the office for Trevor Whitman being the head coach of Kamar Usman and Justin Gaethje. Love Trevor. It's just a matchup thing. That's all it is. Justin Gaethje has a very tough matchup in physique. Very, very tough. That fight is first team all fireworks. Excited for the card, man. Let's take a little break. This episode of the Shop Show is brought to you by Onnit. I've been with Onnit for a hot second. Listen, I'm a busy guy. That's by design. I like to have a lot on my plate, and Onnit helps me maintain focus in order to function and stay in the zone with all the chaos going on with my life. My favorite is Alpha Brain, Alpha Brain Black. I take the black label, which promotes. A lot of focus and energy. Alpha Brain helps to support cognitive functions, including memory, which I need all the help I can, mental speed, focus. I need it. I'm always doing podcasts or stand up, and trust me, mental speed, I could use a turbo, and that's why I depend on Alpha Brain Black Label. It's the intense Alpha Brain. Everything I do is intense. All right. What are the benefits of Alpha Brain Black, you ask? How about? Aids in mental processing, caffeine-free, helps with the flow state, promotes focus, supports your memory. Thank God, all right? And it can help you remember names, places, addresses. Do you know addresses or names or phone numbers? I don't. Focus on complex tasks. Think more clearly under stressful situations. React more quickly. Cat-like reflexes. React like Jake Paul run away from freaking Floyd Mayweather. On it also has fitness equipment like their kettlebells, seal club maces, sandbags, yoga mats. You need better nutrition? Say less. On it has MCT oil, protein, warrior bars. They got it all. They also offer on-demand workouts. It's the one-stop shop to get your thick ass in shape and get 
your mind working like Jeff Bezos, all right? So go to onnit.com slash shop and get 10% off everything. Alpha Brain Black, Alpha Brain Regular, Alpha Brain Instant, Alpha Brain Focus Shots, Protein Powder, Warrior Bars, On Demand Fitness, 10% off everything I just told you about. Go to onnit.com slash shop, 10% off the entire site. You're welcome. Let's get back to the program. There's actually memes out there too with uh, Trevor Whitman and his fighters not doing well. You see his face just smiling the entire time. Like Trevor only smiles. <laughs> yeah, he's just smiling. super funny. Yeah, yeah, he's just smiling yeah. constantly, nonstop. Quick question for you though. Uh, so inches. you've huh? What? <laughs> so you've been you knocked out a bunch of people, but you also have been knocked out, right? So I'm sure the confidence that comes with knocking out someone is huge, right? Huge, massive. But then. What happens to your brain after you get knocked out by a certain person? It's, and and it's you've never you, been right? knocked out. Yeah. So, from your standpoint, what turn do you me think? into a grappler. <laughs> so, but yeah, Kamaru's already a grappler, you, yeah. but I, I, I would be willing to bet now because Kamaru Usman, especially, tr- tr- I can't make this thing more clear. Trevor Whitman is strictly a boxing coach, strictly a boxing savant. He's one of the probably the right, best yeah. to ever do it. Him or Mark Henry when it comes to boxing. But Trevor Whitman only specializes in boxing. And if Kamaru Usman is spending all that time up there, they're focusing on just striking. If you're fighting Leon Edwards, I don't give a fuck. If Mike Tyson, Bruce Lee, and Trevor Whitman are in your corner, you're not going to outstrike Leon Edwards. The only way, a path to victory is by grappling. Here's the other thing, too, is Kamaru Usman, not the best jiu-jitsu practitioner in the world. Greatest welterweight of all time, probably a blue belt down there. I would say Leon Edwards has better jiu-jitsu when it comes to straight-up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So for Kamaru Usman, you, you know, you got to be careful because you're, when your head coach has fallen in love with your striking, his striking, you know, remember, now he's knocking dudes out, knocked out Gilbert Burns. He's done his thing, right? You got to be careful because with Leon Edwards, it doesn't matter. There's not enough hours in the day to make up that gap between you and Leon Edwards when it comes to striking. So, you know, again, his knockout of Masvidal. Is knocking off Gilbert Burns, right? Um, you know he, he's doing work there, but majority of his wins are by decision from his grappling. So you you got to be careful because you got Trevor Whitman over here who solely specializes on boxing. And if you're spending all the time with him, you know I'm curious what the game plan is because this fight's not going to be won off your boxing. And if you just got knocked out, not barely knocked out, not grazed and Hard pounded out, flatline KO'd from a fucking head kick. I don't give a fuck if you're the greatest of all time, Kamaru Usman. You're going to be a little gun shot. You have to be. So I'm, it, it has to be this inner struggle for Kamaru because he knows. He knows, all right, I got to get this fucking guy down. That being said, I, you know we're all expecting, if you are a Leon Edwards fan, and I'm sure in London and England, you're expecting Leon Edwards to knock him out via kick or punch. Don't be surprised if Leon Edwards got it done via submission either. Because when it comes to grappling, Leon Edwards is a better grappler. Jiu-jitsu, straight jiu-jitsu, submissions, being dangerous. Not his ground and pound, not his positioning. I'm just straight a straight up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Leon Edwards would beat him if it was jiu-jitsu. Not a wrestling match, not a grappling match, and straight up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And their level of skill at submitting and finishing an opponent, Leon Edwards is also a bigger threat on the ground. Mm. So, yeah, it's a tough test for Kamaru Usman, man. But there has to be something in Kamaru, you know, like you said, when you get knocked out. But your coach, your main guy who's in your ear all the time, wants you to strike, wants you to show off all the hard work. I get it, but this guy's better at striking across the fucking board at everything than you. 
So you're saying the first time you got knocked out, turned into grappler. Yes, yeah, because so I could. Because next I, fight. Because my team wanted me to grapple more, but remember, I came up with Trevor Whitman. I always, <laughs> I, I always, I always, and this isn't a knock on Trevor. Trevor's the the one, the best, probably the best to ever do it. And Mark Henry, but you know, when your team's heavy, this, but you're this, it, it it's this inner struggle. So for me, I always gravitated towards jujitsu. I loved wrestling more. I loved grappling more. But my head coach was Trevor Whitman. Mm. So the, all the game plans boxing. were heavy boxing. Yeah. I don't want to fucking box these guys, man. These are not in the office for me is to grapple. So later in my career, once, and again, has nothing to do with Trevor. Once I got away from Trevor, and even though I had a head coach in Tony Jeffries who was boxing, I had, uh, you know, um, the Gracies. Henry Gracie was in my corner all the time. And I could know that, all right, yeah, I can box, but. Tony, like, whatever it takes, dude. I don't give a fuck. We have a game plan to box this guy's ears off. You see an opportunity to take him down, take him down, submit him. So I, I always wanted to do more grappling, but because of my, you know, just the proximity of where Trevor's gym was to mine, I had to kind of gravitate more towards striking early in my career, which I, I regret, you know? But you did enjoy striking, though, right? Because you did I knock out a bunch of people. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I knocked out a bunch of people. But then I also took Krokop down a bunch. But he's very tough to submit. His submission so, defense. Yeah, mixing ridiculous. up the game. So mixing it up. So for Kamaru, his striking will open up more the more he takes Leon Edwards down. But his number one emphasis going in should be college wrestling. Yeah. Go back to those days. But it's tough because you have that inner struggle. Your head coach is the game plan, your jab, your right hand, doing all that shit. Yeah. I, I just can't. Being knocked out, I think if I got knocked out the next day, if I had to fight someone, I'd be like, "Fuck!" The same I don't guy wanna, too. Yeah, the yeah same dude, guy. I'd be freaking out. Yeah. And again, it was it was a knockout where he was knocked out with his eyes wide open. Yeah, and knocked out cold, cold like bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's one of the greatest of all time, you know, for a reason. So you don't want to doubt that guy, and he'll figure it out. And he's he's dealt with it before, so not as far as a knockout, but dealt with that struggle of. All right, my head coach really wants to focus on striking, but we're fighting, you know, an elite striker. So if I was him, I'd come in a fucking singlet. <laughs> wow. Uh, Bantamweight division had some, I mean, not bad drama, but they have some drama because you got uh, Marab Della. Dvalishvili. Dvalishvili. Which is the machine. Yeah. Marab the machine. The machine, not to be confused with Birdie Boy Kreischer the machine. This is a very different machine. One is a machine because he can drink and party. One's a machine because he will take you down like no other. Non-stop. He set the record to beat Cain Velasquez oh gosh, for most yeah. takedowns in a single fight against Peter Yan, which is insane because Peter Yan's takedown defense is fucking mm-hmm. stupid. But this shows you how good uh, Jose Aldo's takedown defense is. Um, that being said, so for Marab the machine – the drama comes from his main training partner and you know closest friend is uh, Aljo Aljamain Sterling, who's the champion. So and they refuse to fight each other. So there's this thing now where in that camp in the Longo uh, camp, Matt Sarah camp, you know they're saying if Aljo were to beat Henry Cejudo, he would either vi- retire early or vacate and go up a weight class. You know uh, it's tough because. You know, when me and Shane Carwin, I think I was right, like 10 at the time. And, uh, you know, if Shane were to beat Brock Lesnar, you know, it gets, it gets a, where you're at least 
there's a lane where you can see you become world champion. Like if I beat Noguera, I was going to get Brock Lesnar. I beat Brock, I get a Todd shot. If Shane would have beat Brock, won one more, we're literally on a direct path like that. I mean, Shane would talk about it. Shane goes, you know, when you fight for a title, you get the title. That's life-changing money. Your kids are set up for life, man. There's there's nobody in this world I wouldn't punch in the face to save my kid's life or, you know, to make sure that kid's comfortable uh, money-wise. Whether it's you, my mom, my dad, it doesn't matter. I'm fighting to set my kid up. I'm more online with Shane on that. I was like, yeah, you're right, man. If we have to fight, we have to fight. It would have been a nightmare of a fight for me. But for Marab, it's like... I'm sure Aljo and you, close friends, train together. But at the end of the day, it's like you're here to be world champion. And if you were a kid, if they're like, hey, so you have the opportunity to be world champion, but you're going to meet this guy you're training with, and he's going to be champion. And the only way to be champion is by beating him. You'd be like, I don't give a fuck. But now the lines get blurred. I don't care how close you guys are, brothers, blah, blah, blah. You're not. You're not. At the end of the day, it's you got to take care of your family and your legacy. And then today, the, the the UFC, Dana White, trust me, Dana's even said this, like it's a huge mistake for Marab, who's, if he says he's not willing to fight Al, Aljo, it's a huge mistake. Yeah. The chance, you got to understand from Marab, so don't need to sit him down. The chances of you just fighting for a world title are slim to fucking none, less than 1% of all elite fighters. Then your chances of being champion are probably 0.01%. You have this opportunity. Now, they haven't offered him anything yet, and Aljo has to get through fucking Cejudo, which is, you know, a big ask. So, But if that opportunity comes there, fuck all that buddy-buddy stuff. You have got to fight that dude. And there's a narrative. There's a story there. It's going to sell tickets. You're, make, you're both going to make more mo- money than God to set up your family. Get it, It's a sport. That's where fighting, you know, we want to say it's a sport, but then day it is a fucking cage fight. All right. Well, is a cage fight or is a sport? Because a sport... Tom Brady didn't have a problem playing against his brother. The Kelsey brothers didn't have a problem beating each other. Mm-hmm. It is what yeah. it is as a sport. So I think we got to look at this like a sport, especially Marab is a business standpoint. And you got you to gotta be – here's the thing. Nobody's offering you the fight. So you coming out uh, right after you win, you go, I'm, I would never fight Al Jermaine. Well, fuck, dude. You just fucked yourself. Wait till you even get the offer. Because right now we're trying to figure out there's a lot of hype around him. But him squashing that kind of takes the win out of our sales. Uh. Wait till you get the official offer to make a comment on it. Nobody's even talking about that right now. Aljo has to fight fucking Cejudo, dude. You know? And the UFC, I would assume, for Marab, you know, if he doesn't want to fight Aljo, this is also assuming that Aljo beats Cejudo, which is a big if. But Marab, Cejudo's the fight. Love to see Marab take Cejudo down as many times as he took Peter Yan down. That's where we're going to find out what kind of wrestling he has. You ain't taking Cejudo down like that. So that's an interesting fight. His gas tank's fucking stupid. Stupid gas tank, baby. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, baby. Crazy gas tank. I, th- I don't know where your head's going, Chin. I refuse to entertain it. <laughs> uh, but Marab's gas tank is fucking on the yeah. next level. Um, so, you know, for Marab, yeah, Al Joe's going to be busy with Cejudo, so that's not happening. The UFC ain't going to give you Sugar Sean O'Malley, who's ranked number one. You'll be ranked number two. Tell you that right now. They ain't giving you Sugar Sean. That's not a f- great matchup for Sugar. So they didn't have Sugar fight Peter Jans to a good fight fucking Marab. That's not happening. So I'd assume he gets the winner out of um, he would get the winner out of Cheeto and Corey Sandhagen. You know, until they figure out what happens to Aljo Cejudo. But um, you know, 
Cheeto Marab's fun. Cheeto's takedown defense is no punk, and he hits like a fucking back truck. Corey Sanhagen, pretty filthy on the ground, you know, vicious submission. So there's a lot of fun fights out for Marab. If I was his team, I'd be like, don't even comment on Alger right now. You're taking the wind out of your hype sail. You're just, you, there's no reason to do it, dude. Just chill. No one's even offering you the fucking fight. He has this huge, he has to fight Henry Zahudo, one of the best to ever do it, first ballot Hall of Famer. He has to get through that. And you're talking about, you're already talking about not fighting him. What the fuck are you doing? It just took the, the hype sails away. Then we're like, okay, that's not fun. It's fun for us as analysts and entertainers and fans to talk about them fighting each other. They're close. And, you know, that sells tickets. Took that away. Yeah. Absolutely not. So Danny goes, this is how much you're going to make, Marab. He's like, holy shit. And, the, dude, think about for, so for Aljo, you know, if he were, be, his, the big fight is Cejudo, right? He has to beat Cejudo. So let's say he does beat Cejudo, which is a tough fucking test, man. Let's say he beats Cejudo. His next money fight, I don't think is Marab. It'd be Sugar. Sugar Sean's right there. So Sugar would get a title shot. So Marab, you're looking at, you're not even talking about sniffing a title shot till early next year but you've already squashed it so he'd have to get through and this is aljo he'd have to get through cejudo sugar sean and then marab's gonna get there that means marab's probably gonna have to fight two more times you know but you already took the fucking wind from our fucking mm. hype train sales dude never find him not never god damn nobody even offered it dude. <laughs> He no. even like uh, kind of like insinuated that he was said in the octagon after the, the post fight speech. He was like, "Me and Alger know who the real champion is. Champion is, and he's the real champion." So I feel like that kind of made it feel like the fans are like, maybe during training that Alger does beat him or something. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what makes the fight fun though. Exactly. No. So because remember, say, remember Gilbert Burns, you beat the fuck out of Kamar Usman from what I heard in training. Mm. Everyone told me that. Oh, take Gilbert. Take Gilbert. Take Gilbert. He beats the shit out of him in training. Everybody I know in the sport told me that. Gilbert puts it on him in training. Gilbert this. I went, we're talking about practice. <laughs> yeah, I only deal so with real-time shit. Yeah. You know? So from Rob, that's a fun story. Then they start talking shit about each other. Think about when, when TJ was fighting the Team Alpha Male guys, you know? Just fans love that stuff, but you killed it already. Yeah. But now, if the UFC, if it gets to that point, which a lot has to happen for him to get to that point, a lot has to happen. But boy, is he fun to watch. That motherfucker's bad. <laughs> that bitch is bad. Nonstop, God, dude. Dog. Nonstop. The machine is fucking right. Oh I don't even know if the machine does him justice, dude. We gotta come up with another goddamn name outside the machine. Because machine Uber machine. <laughs> Machines run out of gas, but he doesn't run out of gas. He doesn't need gas. <laughs> yeah. Fuck your gas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tesla. <laughs> Well, they run out of energy too. They're, yeah, he's like above all those things. Yeah, he's the is. sun. Yeah, the sun. He's, he's the sun. sun. Marab the sun. Yeah, that was crazy to watch. Though he was amazing. Oh, dude, and I I, I saw all the fights that I had to go on stage in uh, Oklahoma right when they were walking out. I'm like, oh fuck. And I'm on set. You know, I'm on stage for 60 minutes. So I'm like, I'm definitely not seeing this. So I told our boy Tom, like, hey, give me play-by-play. -play. And everything was like dominating, 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 dominating. I'm like, holy shit. But yeah, him just being like, I would never fight Aljo. Like, you fucked up. You fucked yourself, dude. At least play that game for us for a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he thinks about that stuff. Nope, that's yeah. what makes him great. Yeah. There was another fight. 
over the weekend. I know one of the greatest lightweights on the planet is gone. Benson Henderson yeah. retired. I mean, they just gave him a horrible matchup in Usman. Champion, yeah. Yeah, he, Usman's a fucking complete nightmare for him. Um, how about your boy Michael Venom Page? Yeah, that was weird the way it ended. It was I mean, like, dude, yeah. what an awful injury. I mean, literally just like, kink. Right in the fight, just uh, they said it ripped his patella tendon yeah, on yeah. the top there on the mm. kneecap. I mean, literally just dead. And he's like, "Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, dude?" It was insane. Michael Van Page a fun one. He needed that win too after that Mike Perry loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, for Ben Henderson, one of the greatest to ever do it. I've told this story multiple times, but it seems more fitting now than ever. First time I ever decided to get into mixed martial arts, I signed up at uh, John Crouch's Jiu-Jitsu at the time they're in Denver, Colorado. Now it's referred to as the lab in Arizona. But at the time, John Crouch, out of an office building, had the third story, and he ran a Jiu-Jitsu gym there. And uh, I just Googled, I I just looked up on the internet, like Jiu-Jitsu gyms in the area, because I was working at a supplement company at the time. And it was like less than two miles away, so I'm like, all right, that works for my Jiu-Jitsu. So I... uh, you know, type in the computer, tells me to go there. Don't, you know, I don't know anybody. It's just John Crouch, Black Belt. I'm like, all right, this guy, if he's Black Belt, knows what the fuck he's doing. So I get there. You know, I'm early. I'm probably 45 minutes early. And I'm rushing in with my stuff. And I'm holding the door open. And uh, either I'm holding the door or Ben Henderson's holding the door. I think I'm holding the door open for Ben. And I go, what's up, dude? He goes, what's up? And uh, and he goes, what are you doing here? I said, ah, man, you know. Uh, it's time for jiu-jitsu. Hopefully you get to the UFC, man. I go, what are you doing here? And he goes, uh, same, same, same. Trying to get to the UFC. That was Ben Henderson. We both ended up getting to the UFC. Great fucking dude. And then he used to wrestle with my head coach, Leister Bowling. Uh, they were on the same wrestling team in college. So I've known Ben for years. One of the nicest guys in the sport ever. Such a fucking monster. You know, had a, just a storied career. Uh, he's one of those guys who did it without... You know, without the WWE promos, he did it the right way, I think. You know, just a classy, classy example of a human being and one of the greatest to ever do it. Has a great family. Wife's a badass. Uh, you know, runs the gym out of there now. Him and John Crouch. No drama ever. Ben Henderson fought with a toothpick in his fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. He's just a great fucking dude. Handsome bastard. You know, just a good, good person, man. So um, good for him for going out, you know, when he's going out, man. Yeah, half Korean too, which is dope. Right. Yeah. yeah, black and cream. Such a nice kid, man. Yeah, so here's just a clip, a real quick clip of him at the post-fight press conference uh, getting emotional. You ever seen what he did in Nate Diaz? What do you mean? Beat the shit out of Nate Diaz. <laughs> if you if you want to see how good Ben Henderson is, and you, obviously Nate Diaz is a damn good fighter, watch mm-hmm. him what he does to Nate Diaz. If, you, if y'all must have forgot how good fucking Ben Henderson was and how flexible he is, it's nuts. Super dude. flexible. Yeah. Yes. Big ass so, legs. Yeah, I'll play this clip real quick. Love you, Kogan. Yeah, it has to be emotional, man. Get home to those babies, Ben. You ever seen his kiddos? Mixed babies? So Jesus Christ, they're cute. He's saying like his now his he's gonna just help his wife out because she's starting her MMA career and then he's gonna take care of the kids and let her shine. Yeah. Which is dope, yeah. Yeah, such a good guy, man. Yeah. One of the good ones. Um, during that UFC fight, there was something kind of weird that happened. So uh, Grant Davy? Uh, so Rafael Sensal, he retired as well. Yes. Right? Another great. Another great, yeah. 
And then Shamey uh, is never a uh, champ, man. Yeah. Or sorry, Davy Grant. So Davy Grant, who's also a fan favorite, he's awesome. Uh, but he did grab the f- the cage multiple times, uh-huh. and then um, I think Keith Peterson was the referee, and he warned warned a few times, but then finally took a point away. No nonsense, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but then the thing is, he took a point away, but then he didn't reposition them in the same spot oh, weird. because. Let me just show you this, which we I don't think we can put on there, but I'll just show Brennan just so he has an idea. So this is where it happens, right? So a sunset is on the bottom right now. But then right now he's on top, right? Yeah, you look like he's transitioning his yeah, back. Exactly. So that's a pretty good spot, right? The cage grab's a little weird too, because he's on top and it's not like he was preventing a takedown. It's a weird time to take away a point. Okay. So he did take away a point, and then he also he, he didn't reposition on the feet. Yeah, on the feet. Oh. And then even a sunset was like the whole time, like what? What's he's going like, on? I'm about to take his fucking back. I'm also a black belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu. <laughs> no, that's no another sense. really important point. Yeah. So after that, freaking he got a Davy Grant did a spinning you yeah. know attack, and then freaking did a reverse triangle or what do you call it? Inverted triangle. Inverted whatever. The, he, he was like on the other side to yeah. do a triangle, and then you know. Choked him out, yeah, and won. Real shitty deal. So, a Santa, so this shitty. is a Sunsouse coach, who's really cool, Eric Nixick. Yeah, Nixick's a badass. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, congrats to David Grant for finding a way to get a finish with seconds left for a comeback victory. Um, in questionable restarting position, I was told that Hafiel wasn't on top, so it was decided to take the point and start from neutral. I disagree with that assessment because when you watch it through, Hafiel completed the takedown despite the fence grab. At the very least, it would have made more sense to allow him to restart from over under a single leg position. Uh, I think it should start with him, uh, like with his arm wrapped around the same way it was. Yeah, Yeah. he's about to take his fucking back as a black belt. At the very least, it would have made more sense to allow them to restart from over under single leg position, but certainly from a similar position that represented the position before the restart. Keith Peterson is a marvelous MMA referee. I've always felt good knowing he's in charge of one of our fights, although I may disagree with the call. I know understand that Keith did his job the, to the best of his abilities, to the rules given. I can do be, to be happy to see Keith as a referee in the future. What an awesome statement. Yeah, nice guy. Like, yeah. Letting him know how he feels, but being like, Man, I was fucked awesome. up, but also, yeah. you're a great ref, so it's all good. That's where to, to restart him on the feet after that. Very strange. So, yeah, if you were in that position, you would want to be yeah, back, on that back down, yeah. And th- the other guy did the foul, not you. Yeah. Very strange. Because why would the other guy does the foul? Granted, you got a point deducted, but the other guy does the foul, and then they put him in a advantage position. Yeah, better position, yeah. Otherwise, they're not just like, oh, if they're going to do that, I'm in trouble. I'm doing something illegal. <laughs> they're just going to restart the neutral position. Yeah. And that can't be the rule set. There's no way. Yeah, I don't know what the actual rules are. Yeah. Um, Nobody does. Yeah. In different places, too, is always different. So this one was going, people have heard about this a lot. So Jake Paul... The the narrative, I guess, the, the thing that's happening is that Jake Paul ran away from Floyd Mayweather. I would too. Team. Exactly. So what happened was he went he went to some like basketball game on a Wednesday, and then he was suddenly suddenly approached by Floyd Mayweather's team, a bunch of dudes. Apparently, there's like I don't know fifty. He said fifty, but not fifty is a big answer. I know. I'll say yeah. there's a lot of people though. Yeah. Even if even if it's eight, it's a lot, dude. Yeah. Do, you know what? Even if it's five, I'm yeah. lacing up these fucking off white. <laughs> trainers and running my ass out of there five bitch i'm not designed to fight five dudes and that's what aljamain sterling said too he's like there's five people i'm out of there see ya yeah. no, i don't need yeah. them problems um also floyd why you beat him up you're still the, the hat thing yeah that was, hey, floyd you're 50 <laughs> the hat thing still 
clearly was just doing that for publicity. Also, you guys beat him up then. Remember, he got fucked up. He had like a black eye. Yeah. And this was uh, Jake Paul's response. So I'm leaving the Miami Heat game and Floyd Mayweather and 50 dudes pull up out front of nowhere. Probably not 50, but let's say not, a lot. But it's a lot, yeah. Out of some side alley waiting for me outside of the stadium. They're like, what's up? What's all the talk now? I'm like, well, where's Floyd? Why are you guys fighting this fight? I thought he was a real fighter. 50 dudes really start surrounding me to try and jump me. I'm out that bitch, Floyd. You want to run it one-on-one? No problem, but I'm not dumb. I'm tough. I don't need to prove my toughness, but I'm not fucking dumb. I'm not going to sit here and try to fight 50 dudes. 50 dudes dipped out of that bitch. So funny. It's so true, though. He, he's, he's right. He's a tough guy. We know this already. Yeah, he's been in there. He fights. Yeah, yeah he doesn't need to prove his toughness. But is anybody sticking up for Floyd? Or is anybody like, how are you not going to fight 50 guys? No, I didn't see it. I'm with Jake. I'd run. Yeah, and so then he also tweeted that he wanted to fight him one-on-one, Floyd, which is, you know. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> might as well. Make money doing it. And uh, our boy, Ryan Garcia, had a take on it as well. I'll just play for you real quick. Happening. Do you think Jake Paul has a chance? <laughs> you know what, man? I got to say you know, Floyd's getting up there in age, you know, but maybe he's he'll probably still beat up Jake. But guess what? Jake won't get knocked out. I'll pro- probably 100% that he couldn't knock out Logan. And, you know, you shouldn't be running up on a guy with 50 dudes. That ain't right. I mean, you look okay. at the truth of that. Yep. You know, it is what it is. You know? But, again, I ain't worried about that. I'm worried about knocking out. Brian looks Davis. so overpressed right now. Uh, he's all. Uh, uh, shows everybody, uh, I'm with Ryan. I'm gonna knock, okay. Ryan's going to knock him out. He's going to put him to sleep, you know. He looks like Hugh Grant at the Oscars. You see that? Yeah. He's not having it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Ryan. I don't think Floyd would beat him, but wouldn't knock him out. Not a chance. And here's a real quick one with Chael. I, I mean, in a nutshell, Chael just said, like, that should be a crime. The guy filming it said, like, hey, we should probably, you know, get this guy or whatever. And he filmed it and then published it, right? So that's on Floyd's team. He's like, that guy's such an idiot for even yeah, doing that. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. Which I agree with Chael. And this is funny. This is how Jake Paul reacted to it. He posted this right here. It was my pure speed athleticism and 99 awareness rating helped me avoid getting jumped so I can still flick up this fit this morning. And then he has like a cool outfit on. Pretty lit Audi. Okay. I'm sure that's a super expensive watch. Yeah, I don't like those watches. <laughs> I don't, same, but I'm sure it's so expensive. Yeah, so that's him at the game. That's And that's before he was. This is no, this is a. Uh, after, oh, that, oh, that, after, yeah. Oh, so that, that's, oh, how he, that's how he responded, which is funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, this is a little bit of a later post, but this is what he did after he lost his boxing match. He was a professional boxer, and then he's with FedEx boxes, and he's actually boxing the That's boxes. Cool. Yeah. He has a good sense of humor. Yeah. Good for him. It's all a game to those boys. Dude, he's killing the game. Crushing it. Yeah, destroying the game. Uh, so this is, I don't know how legit this is, but Ali Abdelaziz did a tweet saying that the, the last pay-per-view, Jones versus Cyril Gunn, 285, uh, is almost at one million, and I do know he's connected to them pretty well, so he might. Yeah, he's in the, definitely the closest manager to Dana. Um, I believe it. Yeah, I don't believe a lot of this shit, but I believe it has to be close. A the just the demand for John Jones to come back. It's heavyweight for a world title. Then also that I think I saw it was like the most trending, most talked about fight UFC fight on social media. I think even it beat out Eddie Alvarez and uh, Conor McGregor and Conor Nate. 
online, which usually that wow. hype equals pay-per-view buys. So mm-hmm. I would imagine. And here's the thing. There's this weird narrative that John doesn't sell pay-per-views. No, no, no. John doesn't sell pay-per-views compared to, you know, maybe a Connor or a Brock Lesnar. But outside that, he's a big earner, man. Yeah. And I think that's the UFC said that. Remember when John pulled out of the jail fight? Dana spun this narrative. Why you demiss your own product? I've never understood it. But, you know, there's there this narrative where John just, people aren't tuning in to watch him. I, You look at all his major pay-per-views, they sold really well, especially for today's standards. Now, back then when the pay-per-view model was what it was, yeah, he's not a Brock Lesnar, but Brock Le- Lesnar wasn't as active as uh, John. John sells pay-per-views. People want to watch John fight. And to that point, even though Dana said that stuff, he actually canceled that entire card because John couldn't make it and then yeah, yeah rebooked yeah, it. Yeah, if he's not a big draw, then why, then why canceling? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm with Ali on this. I bet it does well. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be around a million for sure. Um, this is Dana White saying that um, Rumble, I love the platform. Yeah, I love Dana just doubling down. Like, he's just that Matrix. Yeah. It's that Matrix meme of him dodging all of it. He's like, no, we wanted to go to Rumble. No, we didn't even want to be on TBS. The people are loving on TikTok. It's just all this, you know. And there's some stuff to this that I'll tell you about all in right, a second. Carry on. So this is what he's saying. Like, so the numbers are kind of tricky, right? So, so it says Dana White's Power Slap League is uh, held its inaugural season finale, which has just ended now. And while it wasn't on pay per view originally, as originally attended, it pulled in a robust 2.1 million viewers on YouTube. Now I'll say this to defend <clears throat> Dana before before you're gonna give mm-hmm. me a thing. I will say this is um, the fan base who are gonna tune in to to you know TV or the, the I should say this the fan base that's gonna tune in to two grown men slapping each other for entertainment or the fan base who's gonna tune into you know, even a Tim Dillon uh, interview on Alex Jones isn't the same fan base who's tuned into CBS on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. So that's not even their demo, not even close. There's bigger money there with the ad sales on TV because TV pays more. But as far as getting out to eyeballs, that fan base is on YouTube. That fan base is on social media. So Dana's right when it comes to that. But TV, the 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 demo of TV, isn't that fan base. He, of course he's bigger online. Of course it's bigger on YouTube. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, in this article, you know, it showed like 2.1 million viewers, which is pretty crazy. But apparently, I don't know how they do this, but it went live on Friday. But the event was, like I guess, on Saturday. So, they started calculating since Friday. Hmm. Like, anyone that wanted it was interested in that thing yeah, would count, count as a view or whatever. So, uh the actual TV views were 220,000 viewers for yeah. the finale, but it says the, you know, robust 2.1 million viewers for the whole thing. But, you know. But again, the the, the demo is not on TV. I, I think they made a mistake thinking that this should even be on TV. No, that's why that's why you say he has like a deal with Rumble. Yeah, that, that's because everything's streaming. Oh, the original plan was to have this big success like the UFC on TV. Even that took years for people to sign on to. Power yeah. Slap, the TV demo, I the older imagine. demo. Even, you know, I'll be 40 on Saturday. I'm not into it. It's too much for me. Yeah. Now, imagine my parents. They're not fucking into it. Those, <laughs> that's your TV demo. So I think they fucked up off the bat, put it on TV. Of course, it was going to eat shit on there. But on YouTube, clips on social media, World Star, it's going to crush on there. And if they can figure out that business model, yeah, it's going to be a success. There's a lane for it. It's just not on TV. I'd rather watch The Last of Us. I'd rather watch March Madness. That's TV. 
I'm not watching March Madness on YouTube. I'm not watching March Madness on TikTok. You know, yeah. this is a, a, a young TikTok. Like that's their fan base. Like they're th that's why you see like the Nelk boys tweeting out. That's that's this fan base. That's what he did. It's complete opposite of the UFC. Notice the UFC fan base hates it when they post about it. It's just all hate. It's just all hate. It's yeah. just a, it, it's it's the same as like Jake, Jake Paul's fan base isn't into uh, Leon Edwards versus Usman this weekend. They're not. Okay. But that's a fan base. So quit trying to make the UFC fan base, who's this tried and true fan base, like Power Slap. Yeah. Just go down your other lane. The problem is you mixed them. So when you mix them, you're assuming that this fan base likes that bullshit. They hate it. Listen to them. And that's not an L for Dana. You need younger fans. Yeah. Do that. There's, that's why he's with the Nelk Boys. That's why, you know, they flew out all these influencers and all the YouTubers to the Power Slide fat Fight League. And like you saw Will Compton like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever been to. Fuck you, that. Will. I even text him, fuck <laughs> you, dude. I God, get off their nuts, dude. Uh, love get Will, off yeah, his that was nuts, <laughs> bro. And I love busting with the boys, Taylor and Will. And I get it, man. I get it. Yeah. Here's my thing. I don't hate people think just because I have no issue with data. I think people think because Dana's involved, I hate power. I don't hate power. Shot, I believe no, when it's, it's on, I watch. I'm yeah. like, this is insane. This is allowed in 2023. Mm -hmm. And if they invite me, I go. I'd go for the shit show. But if like, hey, can you post how cool it is? I'm like, eh, I don't know about <laughs> that. I can light some of the guys up for you if you want. And make fun of them online, you know, and I actually respect what they're doing. It's nuts. It's nuts. The balls they have to get slapped in the face. It's just, it. it my problem is, is you're blurring the lines because you're forcing me to consume something that I didn't sign up yes, for. Yes, that's you're my problem. You're forcing me when I follow the UFC or Dana White. I'm only following you because I want to see Leon Edwards, who's 20 and four versus Usman, who's 20 and two. I want that high level shit. I don't want this bullshit. That'd be like sign up for, you know, some legit ABC news station and you're getting Comedy Central comedy bitch. Like, I, that's not what I'm here yeah, for. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you guys hate this. Like, I never asked you. Uh, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. I didn't pay for this. So that's where Dana fucked up. He thought it was a similar fan base. Yeah. It's completely opposite. And he's getting the hate from the people because he's forcing on them. But if you just focus on that younger fan base, the Logan Paul, the Jake Paul, the Nelk boys, that's who's into this shit. God bless you, man. You make a shit ton. Of, they make all the money over there. Just do that. <laughs> Quit trying to fuck with everybody over here. You know? Yeah. I mean, you he's know, just going about it the wrong way. You know why? Because he's 60. That's why. <laughs> 60. He's damn near 60. He has to be, he's close to Rogan's age, 56, 57, or whatever the fuck right. he is. Rogan's 55. At 55, you're not going to understand that. You think, oh, if this is entertaining, they like UFC, they're going to like this. No, bitch. No. I hate this. I do. Yeah. And I, that all I, the only sports I watch is MMA. I don't watch any other sports. No football. I watch everything. I watch everything, yeah. including Slap Fight League. But here's what. I let me find it. Don't. Exactly. When I, when I want to see. Uh, old school throwback clip of Usman, Leon Edwards, their first fight. Some, when I'm looking at two of the highest level caliber fighters of all time to do it, and then I go watch some guy in a fucking with tits slapping each other. I that's not what I asked for, dude. Yeah, that's why I'm following. No, you're catfishing me. Yeah, you catfished me. I'm expecting double D's. You sent this flat chested girl over, and I and then you're upset. I don't want it. Yeah, because I like double D's. You keep sending <laughs> a flat chested chick. 
Yeah. You but, catfish the audience. And he's like, what? I can't believe they don't like it. Yeah, bitch. We, nobody asked for this. We didn't. Nobody know. in the history of the UFC was like, you know what? I think we should get guys together and slap each other. <laughs> Never. And knock them out. Never. Never. We didn't ask for it. Then you're mad because we're like, hey, man, can you not do it over here? You know? Yeah. And I scroll past so fast because I don't want them to have the but again, algorithm. There's a lane for that. It's a massive, very very cash filled lane just focus on that quit trying to push on us and we'll comp i don't know how much they paid <laughs> but if you tweet one more time about the this is insane hey data can i try some of your tacos and he's all mm, delicious best i've ever had i'm like you fucking sell out <laughs> dude you sell out bro he's dumb but though. i get he's it like, oh will's one of my favorite people yeah. it's just funny to watch yeah, i give him is. shit he knows it yeah he, he knows it he's and, one of my he favorite. did the the fuck it friday for yeah, yeah i created yeah. that name it's whatever no no i'm saying uh dana white has fuck it friday no i know he's the one trying the tacos but they did it yeah yeah, yeah they did cool. it <laughs> I, right. I get those boys are on their rise right now they're on the wave and that's part of the wave and mm. i'm completely co-signing i'm on board with it. i do the exact same thing i think it's entertaining it's funny I have no issues with it. I like dinner. I just, it's funny to give him shit because he's like, this power. And, you know, you're talking about one guy who played in the pro ball, played in the fucking, you know, for the Titans. You know, Taylor's one of the best football tackles of all time. They have Will Compton, who's a 10 year vet in the NFL, for them to be like, this is completely insane. These athletes are really <laughs> putting on the line. I'm like, hey, hey calm down a tad, Will. <laughs> just a smidgen. Just a tad. Like, if you I get selling out just a tad just take it down a notch for me dude i love seeing it though i love it man yeah. it's entertaining <laughs> i'll give dana that. Uh, hands down he knows what's entertaining it isn't for a yeah, small but i don't want it on my feed though i just don't want it on my feed yeah, yeah. you know why because you didn't ask for it yeah but i'm not gonna unsubscribe the same way i don't smart. want giant black dicks on my feed <laughs> if you start doing it and be like oh you guys just don't like it because i'm involved it's like no no, no i Wait, what? No, no, it has nothing to do with that. I just don't like big, giant black dicks in my face. <laughs> well, I would, I'd prefer to see giant black dicks than two men slapping each other. <laughs> <laughs> and again, there's a lane for that, and they make a lot of money. Yeah. Tailored towards them is the point of this. It's not, it's not about big black cock. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, these kids don't watch TV. No shit. That's my point. This entire rant. So there is a little bit of controversy on this. This is from BJPen.com. Uh, someone found out that, you know how like they put like Twitter posts on screen? Like someone said something. You know how Theo Vaughn says stuff about UFC? Oh, Theo's another one. Yeah, Theo, yeah. Theo and Will. Theo, shitty fight night. Oh my God, Dana. The, <laughs> the fight gods have blessed this, man. God, take my money. Hey, can I donate some more money? This fight's way too entertaining. These yes. guys are going to be banging. But you at know. least those tweets are real. I see them all. Hey, guys, tone it down <laughs> a notch. <laughs> I know. So Okay, so this is from a Twitter user named Matthew Wells. He posted, so he did a screenshot of this. By the way, this is from BJPen.com. I don't know how legit this is, but okay. the screenshot says, as you can see here, Alex uh, Alex underscore or Alexis underscore Villams. He says, wow, that slap delivered by Rivera was crazy. Hey, real quick, I'll tell you that's fake. People watch Slap Fight League aren't talking like that. <laughs> that's, so that's wow, the Slap point. Fight delivered. And then this guy looked at his page and he never tweeted it, right? So he looked at his actual handle. He never tweeted it. And then there's another one. <laughs> from 
CJ, whatever, Goodell. Also, no one should watch a slap fight league going, that's a bad man. I know, like. Wow, Dorian Perez is a bad man. Hashtag power slap. <laughs> and then, so this guy, once again, looked at his Twitter and didn't see anything of it. And these guys have like eight followers, 25 followers. So even that's kind of like, you know, whatever, weird, you know? I get it. So they're, they're saying there's a potential thing where the UFC might be, or the power slap league, whatever, might be falsifying these. Oh, Twitter don't did, did, see. I don't know why you do this. You're uncovering a rock and you look under that rock. I can go deep on yeah, UFC, yeah. you know, creating false narratives from social media with this stuff and going after and getting people a lot of hate from, from, and it started with the underground forums and stuff like that. Yeah. And they'll send, you know, people towards you and pay people to send hate your way. Don't get me started. I'm not going to get you started. So <laughs> I see what you're trying on, to do. Dude. No, I'm just showing you trying to do what this is. So, and then, so they, he searched, I, I guess you could search on Twitter. And then apparently, you know, that the, all the quotes that we saw, they never existed on Twitter. Here's the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah if you got to put up fake tweets, it's not going great. But the thing is too, is in this day and age, kids are so good at social media. They're so good. I'm a dinosaur. Kids are so good at it. If you're going to put this stuff out, Trust me, it's going to get found out. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. No one gives a fuck. UFC don't give a fuck. Okay. Yeah, he caught us. Okay, prove it. No, we know, man. This doesn't exist. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, of course they do that. If they can get away with it, they're going to keep doing it. Oh, you think it's their first time? No. I mean, dude, they're... Don't get me started. They're very smart at this, which is they're shady, very, but also smart. Yeah. yeah, shady. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just a quick one. Henry Cejudo, who's going to, it's a, a, apparently it's a, yeah, yeah. Dana White actually said it's official now. Henry Cejudo yeah, versus Aljamain Sterling. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Henry Cejudo says if, if Aljamain somehow backs out for whatever reason, injury, he wants him Rob, which I think would be dope too. Yeah. And then we train together. That makes sense. Yeah, you, you mentioned how much that would be a badass fight. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. I mean, Aljamain Cejudo is an amazing fight. Mm -hmm. Rob Cejudo, amazing fight. Yeah. Sign me up for any of them. And this is Dana White talking about uh, Francis Ngannou on TMZ, basically saying that. Did this come out before or after, after I said this? This has to be after. Because I said the exact same thing. Mm. You know what? It's Wait. not like this. It's not like we're reinventing the wheel. This isn't like an original th thought here. I mean, I didn't get it from Dana. Dana didn't get it from me. 100% John beats Francis just as easy to beat Cyril Gone. Just as easy. None of these boys can grapple. Now, the only outliers, Francis hits so fucking hard. If he were to get clipped coming in, it's game over. Yeah. There's that Hail Mary for him. Outside that, John mops the floor with Francis, unfortunately. So Dana says, uh, this is on TMZ Sports. I'm not interested. If, he, if Francis wants to come back, he says that he's not interested. I disagree. He I, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. We've all known he says stuff and then he lets people back. You know, said women would never fight in the UFC. Look at how we're doing. But we're doing like I'm a chick. But also, um, if there's there's a lot of rumbles of, and I know for a fact, Francis and Deontay Wilder are about to sign a deal and get announced pretty Whoa. soon here. So uh, if Francis in some weird alternate reality that we're living in is knocks out Deontay Wilder. You don't think Dana would have him back for the biggest heavyweight fight of all time, Francis John Jones? Come on. Now, that's predicated on Francis winning because Francis gets mollywhopped by Wilder, which odds are, but if he didn't, if he gets mollywopped, 
that yeah, it's never happening. But if he beats him, yeah, right. They would ha- sign him the next fucking day. Mm. Try to make the fight two years ago. He didn't want the fight. Know what I mean? He didn't want the fight, and he left here without even having another deal in place. Not true. And I know how the boxing world is. It's crazy, but Francis didn't want to fight John. Don't be too disappointed, White says. Francis almost certainly would have been easy work for the GOAT. Let me tell you what. I think a lot of other people feel this way. I think that's exactly the way the fight would have gone if Ngano would have, was in there, too. Yeah, I agree. Odds are. He's right. And then Ngano said something like, um, I don't care what Dana White says, and he wanted that fight, and whatever just didn't work out. Yeah, I, believe, I don't think Francis is scared of John. I don't think it's one of those. I just no. think you want to make more money. And plus, he had all his things he wanted to do outside of the octagon. So. Now, on firing the kid, I don't think I... This was on uh, Monday's episode, Wednesday's episode? One of those, yeah. I said Brock versus John. Everyone's think you got to remember. Brock and John. Mm-hmm. That's the fight. And I only think John has one or two fights left. I think it's Stipe, maybe one more. And if, if it's Brock, could do it. But outside that, he's probably done. So what Dana White says here is... Like he doesn't think it's gonna happen, but the way he words it, I, I just looked into it. So this is how what this is what he said. Brock and I have a great relationship, and we always have. Um, but I don't think Brock wants to fight anymore. Brock's made a lot of money, came to the UFC and won a heavyweight title. He's got nothing left to prove. I don't think he'd want to do it. I think that's just Danny White saying. Like I don't think he'd. Stand up, poking him. Like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's good. He wouldn't want no part of yeah, John yeah. Jones. Then Brock's probably like, say what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right, so this is it's not official news or whatever, but Kevin Lee, you know, he just recently got back with the UFC, uh-huh. and he hinted at a rematch with because he lost, I guess, the first time against uh, Tony Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, and he put this, and he had staff, <laughs> and he put this in his uh, Instagram story, and he put it's a half face of Tony Ferguson, a half face of him, and he goes, "Time I'd to watch correct it. history." I love Kevin Lee, I'd and that's a great that. matchup too. Yeah, I'd watch yeah. it. Um, this will be super quick. This is in 2022. Before Cyril Gaon fought John Jones, uh, Khabib asked Cyril Gaon after watching the Ghana fight, just come to Dagestan, come here for like a year and a half, two years, and then learn wrestling because you, you know you, you, you have no wrestle. wrestling. Yeah, yeah. he's wrestle. like you're from France. There's nothing yeah, there, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that was like an offer back then. Um, let's go. Oh, your boy, Crone Gracie. Yeah, I love this. He's, he's coming back. back. Yeah, and he's gonna fight Charles Jordan. That's my guy. And I looked at their records because I forgot when Crone fought, but it was in. October 2019. Yeah, I don't know why they tossed him Cubs Swanson back in 2019. Such that, a that was not smart. Too. Yeah, horrible fight. But but Charles Jordan, he fought September 2022, and then he he's like two losses in a row. But I dig it. He beat some good Let's guys. Let's go Crone. I dig it. Yeah. Love Crone. Um, this also, Alexander Yuzik versus Tyson Fury. Oof. So they agree, they agree to this heavyweight championship match and i think the thing that was in between it was the ngana thing it was these guys didn't fight but now they're apparently going to fight and that's why francis is focusing on focusing on wilder yeah yeah uh that's it man all right kids that was a fun one uh this saturday 2 p.m pacific time you got leon edwards kamara usman justin gaethje fazeev it is going down also my boy jack shore is back at it featherweight bigger batter jackie shore come get you some leon edwards kamara usman going down for the main event fight companion rogan is not happening uh, uh jamie has a, some golf thing he has to do and my family's <laughs> doing some stuff for my b-day so it just did not work out so we're rescheduling for the next fight companion in austin texas with joe rogan we might do a fight companion here at thick boy we're trying to get the team together now keep you guys posted but enjoy the fights either way i'll post on social media or announce wednesday i'm firing the kid if we are having a companion on uh saturday so we'll see trying to get the sent out the bat signal we'll see 
But uh, enjoy the fight, UFC 286. And next up for me, Spokane is next week, next Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Spokane, see you there. One of my favorite, oh, I'm sorry, it's Tacoma. Tacoma is next week. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, March 23rd through 25th. Tacoma, Washington, Tacoma Comedy Club, right outside Seattle. Come get you some. I'll be uh, rocking my Sean Kemp uh, jersey because it's right outside Seattle. So get you some, thickboy.com or fatkz.com. That's it, kids. Love you. Enjoy the fights. Be safe. Till next time.